We've been involved, for those of you who don't know, in a prayer campaign called uh, Draw the Circle, 40 Days of Prayer and Fasting, a prayer adventure. And today is an unusual service because I'm going to give some scripture but follow it up with just testimonies of what has happened among us in the last 40 days as we've begun to pray. Really, you're going to hear more as things roll out because there's a vision night coming in a couple weeks. Some of you got a letter on that if you're involved in serving or leadership around here. I'm going to be bringing some of the things that the Lord's poured in my heart that's really some new direction for us. Same philosophy, but some new direction. God's always on the move, you know. And so that'll be coming down the line. Today, we're hearing about what happened in your family. Take a look at this video from Mark Batterson, the author of Draw the Circle and Circle Maker. He has a word for Horizon Community Church today. Well, greetings, Horizon Community Church. It's Mark Batterson. I wanted to check in with you at the end of this 40-day challenge and just say uh, how excited I am about the things that God is doing. Uh, you know, when we did our prayer challenge, we, we wanted to be very careful at the end of it uh, to share the testimonies of what God has done. And so, uh, you know, for one person, it, it was circling a, a job that they had dreamed of for a long, long time, and, and God delivered on that dream job. Um, we saw people uh, experience miraculous healing in their lives. Uh, we saw loved ones come to faith in Jesus Christ. We saw financial miracles. And so my encouragement to you uh, is to simply do what the book of Revelation says. It says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You have some testimonies to share. I want to encourage you to do that. And then what happens is, is this. When we see the way that God moves in answering our prayers, then it makes me want to hit my knees even more to pray like it depends on God, work like it depends on me so that we can see God do even bigger and better miracles. And so this is not just the end of a 40-day prayer challenge. I believe it's a new beginning. It's the beginning of what God wants to do in your life uh, throughout 2014. And so may he who began a good work in you carry it to completion. God bless you guys. So we're going to be sharing some of those testimonies for our church today. I'm, I'm just calling this the New Horizon, a 40-day prayer adventure. Let's see what God has been doing uh, on this adventure that we've been on. I do have three points this morning that come directly from the scriptures about prayer and, and testimony. And the first is this, our prayers and our lives have made God attentive to us. Did you know when you live pure, you have this heart to say, God, I want to follow your word and what it says, and you start to seek him, that's how you get him to be attentive to the words that you would speak to him. Some people have no heart for purity, and they wonder where God is, and God's kind of wondering the same thing. Hey, where are you? You know, you, you, you know what my word says. You know how to, how, that, that I'll help you follow it, but you're choosing not to. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Then if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes, so it's after this purity comes, this heart to repent and the prayers come, then my eyes will be open and my ears attentive. That's how you get God's attention to every prayer made in this place. So here's a testimony <clears throat> from a brother among us who sits here every week. 
<clears throat> who came down some months ago, a couple months ago, and said to his pastor some things that most people won't reveal to their pastor, but the Bible says that if we confess our sins to one another, we will be healed. And he shared that he was struggling with something. He asked me to pray with him. I prayed, and we got on this 40-day prayer journey, and here's his testimony. He says, for many years I've struggled and prayed, been in recovery groups, accountability, all for, going, all for gaining freedom in the area of sexual purity. Total purity started in mid-December, and reading and praying through the book Draw the Circle has helped me to make a habit of purity. It's now been eight weeks of freedom from intentionally viewing sexual material of any kind. I'm excited to be developing a life of purity, enjoying more freedom, and building stronger connection with Jesus because of it. Praise the Lord, he says. And then he says, a second answer to prayer is that my stomach was healed on June, in June of 2013. I have a stomach cramping and bleeding, and, or, or I'm sorry, he's had that since June of 2013. But on January 23rd, it stopped, and he, and he, and he was healed. And third, he says, I've gained a greater understanding of God as my friend, and thus I'm growing in prayer. So the Bible says, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. The Bible says that if, if you repent of, 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 of the sin in your life, and you start to call out to him, and, and you have this life for purity, that he'll meet you and strengthen you in every way. Now, let's get this straight. We are a church that is real. People in this church sin and make mistakes. And for people to think that in a society where 70% of the men struggle with pornography or have uh, in their lives, that it wouldn't somehow permeate something that we should talk about here, it's very naive. It's never been so prevalent. It's never been so easy to access. It's never been looked at so nonchalant. Nevertheless, it's as dangerous as it's ever been. And the enemy would like to take men of God or men that can become men of God and put them in a place where they're looking at a graphically enhanced 18-year-old girl who's run away from home and is getting beaten by her pimp, looking at that picture. And, and God says, look, I, I, I not only want to set you free, I want to set her free. We don't want to be partakers in that. But what happens is we can't get all that God wants us to have because we leave an open door for the enemy just to beat us up. You're worthless. You're not a good Christian. God doesn't want you. The truth is God wants you no matter how far gone you are. He'll, by his grace, he'll touch your life and he'll save you and, and he'll heal you. And we want to be a church that is real that says, look, let's confess our sins to one another. Let's pray for one another that we might be healed. And then great things happen like this man experiencing that Jesus becomes his friend. It's awesome. In Psalm 32, 3, it says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. While I'm thinking of it, that class that Roger just announced, what's it called? Life's Healing, Life's healing Choices. If, if, if a person is struggling with alcohol, if a person is struggling with pornography, you can find the details of that class starting in a couple weeks in your book. Next week it starts, there, and, and I believe it's eight to ten weeks long, and, and, and there's healing for you there. We'll, we'll help you come out. Nobody's against you. People are for you. All of us are sinners saved by grace, and, and the deal is when we start to pray, when we start to open our hearts up to God, we find his healing. 
we find that he'll do more in our lives and through our lives because it says in Matthew 5, 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. And that brother was seeing God. He's seeing God in a more incredible way because of his heart to repent and move away from those things. Second Chronicles 6, verse 39, Then from heaven your dwelling place hear their prayers and their pleas and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive. See, there it was again. There was prayer and repentance in there and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. So thank God that when there's revival, and I believe something's happening here. I believe that the prayers have jumped it up. I can feel it this morning. Where, where are all these people coming from and all these services? And I, I believe God's, God's trying to show people where good places to go to church are. And there's a few of them in this area. There's a lot of good churches in this area. And we're, we're, I, I hope, I'm hopeful we're one of them where people can come and get the blessing and the healing of the Lord. And, and, and it's, it's just awesome to see that that when there's revival, it starts with repentance and purity and prayer, and, and God does a great work among the people. And we're seeing that uh, even among us here. Second thought today, our testimonies, Mark mentioned this in the video, our testimonies make us and others overcomers. I promise you that you have a great testimony. Some of you think you don't, uh, but if you know Jesus Christ, you have an amazing story. It's amazing if you had parents who loved you and had great hearts, and raised you right, and, and you've never moved away from Christ. That's an awesome testimony. That's the best testimony. It's amazing if you were in depravity, in the worst place of sin, that the grace of God would reach down and lift you up and make you a trophy for Him. That's an amazing testimony. Sometimes, in a, in a place like this, in churches, we won't reveal how bad we were in our past, <clears throat> because we're afraid people will think bad of us. And what happens, because we all act like we've never sinned before, is people come in here thinking, I can never be one of these guys, because they're perfect, right? And so we, we give that impression, and, and their hearts don't open up. The, the better way is to give testimony to where you've been and what the Lord has done, right? So you say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And, and for, for you ladies who, who've had an abortion, uh, don't let the enemy beat you with that. You beat him back by ministering to these other ladies who are considering or have had abortions and you've experienced the grace and forgiveness of God. I'm not saying tell it everywhere, but be willing to tell it in the right moments so that you can help people get whole and healed from these things. To, to the person who's been addicted to drugs and has been set free from Jesus, people so need to hear this. There's so many people who are addicted these days and they think there's no way out. And listen, I, I, you know, I, I like Teen Challenge. It's a drug rehabilitation center. But if you go to most drug rehabilitation centers or alcohol recovery um, centers, there's a 30% rate of recovery. At Teen Challenge, there's a 90% rate of recovery. People who never go back to it. You know why? Because of the Jesus factor. Because when Jesus gets involved, something happens where you not only have to use your own willpower, but you get his power to help you. And I say it does take willpower, your will and his power. But we want to make, you know, you've had access to that. You've experienced, you've been set free. Give testimony to what the Lord has done. I want to be that church that's real, that shows what God has done in our lives, that touches other lives. So I'm a preacher, which is, obvious since I'm here preaching today, but I didn't want to be a preacher, and one of the reasons was that I was a prodigal who turned away from God in my college years. Not all of them, but a few of them there. 
here's the deal. I had no excuse. I knew he was real. I believed in him. I just chose not to follow him. And that's embarrassing to tell you. I wanted to experience some things. And I got out there and I got hurt by sin. I really found out that all my parents told me was true, that at some point you cross a line, you go beyond what his boundaries are for your covering and blessing, and you not only hurt yourself, you hurt others. That's, that's real, isn't it, about sin. Sin hurts us and it hurts others around us. And I was that guy, you know, living in a way that I shouldn't live. And when the Lord called me to ministry, I'm giving you a bit of my testimony, which I do from time to time, because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. When God called me to ministry, I didn't want to do it. And I kept telling him, I've, don't you remember? I'm the guy who messed up. I'm the guy who knew better and didn't follow. And eventually I started to hear his voice saying, yeah, I, you're right, I don't remember. I've chosen not to remember. I can do something you, humans can't do. I can forget your sin and cast it away never to be brought up against you again. And it took me a while before I said, okay, I'm going to yield. And, I, and, and even though there's elements of that I don't like, you know what happens when I share that I, was, that I was once with God, fell away from God, and came back to Him? That there are people all over America like this who are prodigals, who need to hear that Jesus will still forgive them, that Jesus will still love them. And I'm a testimony that He won't throw you away when you mess up. That's me. I'm a testimony that even though you haven't done it right, he will still use your life if you turn to him. And so I want to overcome, and I do. I'm reminded of the grace of God when I share that story and how he's forgiven me. But I'm hopeful, and I've seen it, that the grace of God goes to others when I share that testimony too, to let them know. Here it is, Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Share your testimony. And then when good things happen, share what's happening. Some of you have great things that have happened uh, during this 40 days of prayer that you haven't even shared yet. Well, if you're in a small group, I want to encourage you to share it this week or coming weeks. Small group's a great place to share uh, what the Lord is doing with you. And sometimes you think, well, it's too small. You know, like it was just, I needed $50 for my daughter to go into this program at school and we didn't have the money and I prayed and someone came up and gave $50. That's miraculous, come on. We all live in a place somewhere similar to that. And to share it encourages hearts to say, wow, look what the Lord did. He, he cared about them. I'll bet you he cared about me too. And it just opens our heart up to his goodness and even seeking him more. Here's a testimony about healing from our elder John Priest, who's going to be a missionary in Cambodia for a year or two. He and Pam are trying to figure that out. John's two, Pam's a year, we're working on it, and, and trying to figure that out, but they're, they're going to get it together, I know, because they're people of God, but I just love it that someone, you know, in, in, in his 60s can just say, I think God's calling me to Cambodia, right here, and they rise up and head out to Cambodia, and John's been over there working in the home that we built, and helping them build other homes for Remember New that will rescue these children, and watching as our churches are built, and, and, um, and one of his gifts is construction, but he's a preacher too. Well, anyway, he was in Burma working with Carl, who builds these homes. And here's a testimony. Carl had Jehu uh, tell a friend of his to bring a little girl from one of the mountain villages uh, to see him, to see John, the preacher, because he'd been, she'd been suffering with sore feet, sores on her feet. And, and there are no doctors in that part of Burma. And this was a dangerous trip for them. 
And when he found out that this little girl had been suffering for five years, he says, all I could do was call out to God and say this. And John said, Lord, what can I do for this little girl? Five years of suffering with these sores on her feet. Matter of fact, here's a picture. Don't want to gross you out, but I want to give testimony to a healing. That little girl had trouble walking everywhere she went. And for years, she couldn't even, uh, John says she had a hard time walking and couldn't stay in school. He said, I had cortisone and antibiotic ointment with me, but that wouldn't do anything for this serious fungal infection. And I prayed for her, and I could see as we started to pray that this little girl had great faith, and she prayed earnestly with me, he says. And when I got to Cambodia, I consulted a doctor friend of mine who knew right away what the problem was, and he prescribed three months of an oral antifungal med and three months of an antifungal cream. He said, I sent the information, but in my heart I knew it wouldn't be available exactly where they were. But, but Jehu responded back immediately after John sent the, the uh, prescription and said, we don't need it, Pastor. God answered your prayers. She is healing. And here's another picture of that same little girl who had those pictures on her feet forever. I'm, I'm sorry, those sores on her feet and, and, and for those years, and suddenly it starts to dry up after the prayer. You say, is this stuff real? I, you know, if a picture can't tell you, then you, you probably will never believe. But, but I'll tell you this. We would see more healing here if we prayed and asked for it because it's a good God. I love my children. When they were little and they'd ask me for something, I wanted to give them everything. Karen would have to, you know, control things so I just wouldn't give away, you know, whatever they wanted. Not far from that today, even as they're older. But... <clears throat> I'm a pretty good dad, but I, I've made mistakes. I still make mistakes as a dad, but I love my kids, and I want to come through for them. I want to be there for them. How much more, the Bible says, does your heavenly Father love you? A father who's all-powerful, has all resources in his hands, and knows your situation. I believe in going to the doctor. I believe in good doctors. I'm seeing some good doctors right now, and I praise the Lord for them. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. But I believe in the great physician more than I believe in anyone. And I believe that if in America we'd see more healing if we cried out to God for that healing. But we tend to rely on what we think would be the best thing and then if we can't, they can't do it, then we'll pray. You know, that sort of thing. I would just say to you, pray for the healing of your family members in your home. Pray for the healing of your coworkers and people in this church. You don't have to have people say, well, you know, I'm not a faith evangelist. I don't have the gift of healing. Every person who knows Jesus Listen, it, it's, it's not a gift that stays in a person. It's a gift that comes through people. It's the Holy Spirit coming through people. Every person can be used to bring healing from the Lord. And, and it'll humble you when it happens, but if you'll pray by faith, you can see these things. They're in the Bible. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. In, in that chapter, you'll see that the manifestations of healing and a word of knowledge and prophecy are still alive for today, and the Lord still moves. Psalm 103 says this in verse 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. And I'm just saying, if good things have happened, give testimony to it. Talk about it in your small group. Talk about it around the table uh, with your family at Christmas or Thanksgiving. If a coworker leans into a conversation to ask how you're doing, tell them what you feel the Lord has done for you. Because they ask, right? Well, this is real. This is, this is what happened. Because he's good and he crowns us with his tender mercies all the time. Let's give testimony to that. Here's a testimony from a young lady who's been in our church. She says, before I tell you 
our prayer testimony, I would like to tell you a little about our situation. We are a military family, as many of you know, and we have moved many, many times, including overseas. During this season and always, we've called Horizon our home church. Sure, we've become members at a church where we are stationed now, but Horizon will always be where our hearts are. From the darkest times, loss of jobs and the loss of a baby, to the sweetest moments, our marriage, the birth of our baby girl, to the times when God was testing us, moves, deployment, Horizon Church members and pastors have always been there through prayer and support. So naturally, when we came to a situation where we needed prayer, we knew we had to talk to the pastors and church members here. I've always had a problem, she says, with conceiving a child. I have a condition called PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, because I have cysts on my ovaries, which makes it very complicated to become pregnant. We'd been trying for a while to conceive when we came home to visit in December. Prior to visiting home, I had emailed a few pastor's wives at church and asked them to pray in this situation. It was our deepest heart's desire to have another child to love and care for, and it was not happening even with the medicine and help from doctors. When we came home in December, she says, I went to ask for prayer from Pastor Stan. I had not explained anything about PCOS or what it was to anyone. I simply just told him that I was having a hard time getting pregnant and that we've been trying for a long time. Pastor Stan grabbed Pastor Jerry, who I'd never met before. He explained the situation to Pastor Jerry and asked that Jerry would pray over me. Pastor Jerry started to pray and prayed specifically that I'd be able to conceive. And these words he said still ring in my ears, and, and these are in quotes. Please, God, Jerry prayed, take away any scarring that may be causing her not to get pregnant. She said he also said he felt was God, God was telling him to say, by this time next year, you'll have a baby. And, and I, I was there, and Jerry said a scripture came to his mind as he prayed, and the scripture was, by this time next year. These two statements to this day still sit in my heart. He spoke exactly what was happening in my body, and he had no idea. Now, let me tell you what that was. That was a word of knowledge, again, in 1 Corinthians 12. And people get freaked out about this stuff because people have made mistakes, and they knock them over at altars, and they dominate with spiritual dumbness, you know. Uh, pe people do weird stuff. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Bath you just don't. If it's real and it's a gift, it's a gift from God to help. And Pastor Jerry, I've known him for a long time. He works in the gifts. And there are a bunch of people around here who do. Because God is so compassionate, he wants to heal a hurting heart. So he'll put a word of knowledge there that no one could have known for that person to know. My goodness, he knows. He's watching me and he knows. And so God uses the gifts this way. And they become more prevalent when we become people of prayer. And we do it more often. And so the story goes on. She said, the next week I took... I'm sorry, I skipped a line. I, I left church that day and told my husband and family that I felt so uplifted by the prayer. I, I had, a, had finally had a little hope that came back to me. The next week, I took a home pregnancy test, had no hopes of it coming out positive because it hadn't for some time when they'd been trying. But to our great surprise, it was positive. I'm 11 weeks along right now, and as far as the doctors can tell, everything looks good. She asked the body, if you think of us, please pray for the health of this baby. We've come to recognize Horizon and the pastors as not just friends, but our family. And we're so thankful for all the prayers we've received from Horizon throughout the years. 
It wasn't because Pastor Jerry, these are her words, it wasn't because Pastor Jerry prayed that prayer that I got pregnant, but it was because God used him to speak directly to a mom who was hurting and seeking God and asking, why me? And with those words, I had hope. God knew exactly what he was doing all along. At times, it's hard to see that, but the pastors and members at Horizon have always brought me back to the facts, and I love what she wrote here. It's so true. And this is a word for somebody here today. God brings me back to the facts that God, he loves me, he won't leave me, and even in trials in the hardest times, when I pray, he will respond. I love that, that she knows that. That is from Mandy and Brian Purcell. Some of you knew as, we, as I was telling the story probably who that would be. God's moving among us, church. He's alive. He's real. He's in you. He's working through you. And he's coming to you. Lorita Leesman gave a testimony here. Some of you know her. She's married to Tommy Leesman, who's an MMA fighter and a man of God, which means he can beat the devil out of you if, if he needs to, right? <clears throat> she is a fighter as well. I mean, they do this training, and she, she, she wanted to go in a tournament, and in training, Lorita, she's just a beautiful young lady, just looks feminine, and she's an assassin, evidently, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I wonder about their children. They're going to have RoboCop, you know, when these guys have a just invincible baby. That, But she had injured her, her shoulder in, in training, and she couldn't fight in the tournament and compete. So she came forward an Elevate Night. And Elevate Night, you, you know, we don't always have a lot come, but, but you know, it, there's 50, 100, 150 at the most sometimes. But we always pray for healing in those meetings. And people, people are touched by God. And it doesn't matter if 10 come, man. We're just happy to be here praying for the needs needs of the people and she came down this night and we prayed for her now this is not the way it always happens and people get prescriptive with healing and what I found out about God is you can't track what he does you can just have, say it's good at the end because he just does it in multiple ways and varied ways but she felt warmth go through her shoulder and she said she realized it wasn't hurting and it had been hurting all this time she thought she's gonna have to drop out and <clears throat> next day no pain at all she went into the tournament, got into the championship, lost and took second in the championship. Evidently, God cares about MMA. Who knew, you know, that, that he would help you win and, and MMA, you know, and, and, and get that far. But God touched her shoulder when she simply came and said, would, would you pray for me? The Bible says that you should call on the elders of the church and have them pray the prayer of faith over you and, and that healing would flow. That's what it says in the scriptures. Now, I'm not saying that God heals everything all the time. I'm just saying that God wants to heal, and we should ask more. And, I, you know, I've asked him to heal me and heal my daughter of some things we've been going through, and he, and he hasn't done that. But you know what? I've just prayed for too many people that have been healed, and I, I trust him. I trust him to bring healing, and I trust him when he doesn't because sometimes it's about perseverance and victory that's beyond and some things he's teaching and some glory he'll bring to himself through a trial. So he's vast, he's varied, and you can't track him, but you can always trust him. But he heals. He heals, and we're hearing testimonies about this. And we want to give God the glory. In Luke 17, 15, it says this. One of them, it's talking about lepers that were healed. Ten of them. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, and Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? That line just sticks out to me. Where are the other nine? 
I'm just hopeful that not only in prayer, but because God is moving, that you will share your testimonies with people. At the right time, the Lord will use your testimony as a witness to an unbeliever. You, you know the thing I love about Oregonians, and even Portland. Karen and I like to go down into Portland. It's, it is different down there. But we just we like to go to some you know cool coffee shops and take walks in that area when the weather's a little better. And... Um, it is weird, you know, keep Portland weird, you know, that's, that's the deal. But the thing I love about Oregonians is, is they let you have your story, right? They, they may not respect your religion, but they will respect your story, right? You respect theirs, you want to hear what they believe, what they're about, what they think has happened for their lives. And Oregonians, listen, man, unsaved believers are unsaved and believers alike can, can know that, that, that when you, believers should know that when you share your testimony, Maybe a chance comes where you say, you know, this is what God did for me. Because they don't believe all this stuff they're hearing, right? They have all these questions. And when you tell them how God touched you and gave you peace, did, did you know that believers have struggles with peace as well? And that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? And did you know if you struggle, if, if you share your struggle and ask people to pray for you and then you get peace and you share that testimony that you encourage other believers and they'll find They'll go to the Prince of Peace as well for help. We, we're real here, right? And, and, and we're, we're asking for the God of heaven to help us. We're not perfect, but he is. And he comes and he meets us. And when we share our testimonies, God loves it. Where are the other nine, he said? That means he wants us uh, to, to share. Let's see if I can pick it up. Jesus asks, didn't I heal ten, ten men? Where are the other nine? Verse 18, he is. Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go, your faith has healed you. There were lepers again in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9. Uh, the Lord, there was a great enemy that had surrounded the people of Israel. They were so powerful, the people of Israel were cowering and, 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 and they, they didn't have enough food and they were thinking they were going to die and the Lord confused all the soldiers from the enemy's camp. It doesn't matter how bad the odds are against you. You might have terrible odds right now, but you have a God in heaven who has all power in his hand who loves you. And not one soldier went to fight, but God confused the enemy. They started fighting each other. They killed each other. They ran away. They left the camp, all the riches, all the food, everything Israel would need. Lepers come into the camp. They say, wow, this is amazing. They're holding on to the riches and the food. And then one of them says this. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. I think so often God's done so much for us, uh, and we forget about it, or we think that's in the past, but at any moment, that testimony can make an amazing difference in someone's life. I want to encourage you to not only write a prayer list, but write your answers to prayer list as well, because he answers prayer. We ask him to help us, to meet us, to give us peace, to bring us through. He does it, and we never return to say thank you. As a matter of fact, we say, never mind, Lord, it's okay now. And he, he was moving because of the prayer. We need to write those prayers down. We need to repeat them to our spouses and our friends and say, this is what I pray. This is what the Lord did. The testimony will encourage you as you speak it for what he's done for you. Because we tend, as, if we're not careful, we tend to think of all the things that are bad. I think there's some human nature in that and what we need for things to be better instead of all the good things that have happened already that he's done 
And if you'll speak the good things that he's done and he's doing, what'll happen is faith will rise for his goodness in the future. And we need to remind ourselves, but it reminds others when we give that testimony as well. Here's an anonymous testimony from someone who is praying for a loved one. You think your loved one will never get saved. They're in a dark place. You wonder how, how, how will they ever come to Jesus? And this woman from our fellowship says, my daughter and her friend both were saved as a result of prayer during this time. My daughter was spiraling down a dark path and overnight she found the Lord. This took place in January. She was baptized two weeks later and now she's decided to go on youth with a mission. God has already provided her with the amount of money she needs to fund it. She leaves in September for Germany for discipleship training school. Her best friend came to the Lord last Sunday, she said when she wrote this. At this church, God is moving mountains in our lives. Don't give up on praying for that person because among us, we're praying for those people who, who aren't surrendering their hearts to Jesus Christ. We're praying for their good. We, there's nothing we gain out of it. We're praying for their eternal welfare and for the blessing of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to come to them now. Don't give up praying. And then share what the Lord does when he does something, all right? Because there's someone sitting here who's been praying for a long time who's thinking, I guess they're, they're never coming to Jesus. And when they hear you prayed for nine years and someone came to Jesus in your family, it just blesses them. It encourages them. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep praying. God's going to do it. Psalm 71, verse 7. My life is an example to many because you've been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. There's something about speaking back what he's done that brings revival in a place. And the, the, the last thought, the last point this morning, when we wait on the Lord, we're renewed and we soar. This comes right from Isaiah 40, a really uh, a well-known passage in the Bible. You may have heard it. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So I've been in Canada. I'm sorry, I have been in Canada, but I meant Alaska. I've been in Alaska several times, and one time a, a, a fellow took me into an area where there, was, there were just a couple hundred bald eagles and just a square mile that I was in, just seeing them everywhere. I've never seen anything like that. And they, they're, they're just majestic. And sometimes those birds will go high up in the air and they don't even flap their wings. It's like they find wind that is moving already, and they're lifted up by it, and they just circle. They're not even flapping their wings. As a matter of fact, they can go higher just by circling because that wind lifts them. And when I saw that, I thought of this, that when we pray, when we wait on the Lord, what happens is He comes to support us, and He starts to lift us. And we mount up with wings like eagles, our strength is renewed. We don't have to put out strength because he's strengthening us by, with the support of his Holy Spirit. So here's a thought for you. When you pray, and I, th this is my hope in all this. I, lo I love corporate prayer. I think there's something that's dynamic when two or three gather. But when Jesus was asked about prayer, he said, this is what you should do. And he said, go get along and talk to the Father. My hope in all of this has been that you will learn to pray in your home for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, for your children, 
that something would increase in you for the sake of God's goodness coming to your family. My hope is to raise the value of what God does because when you hit your knees, no matter how bad it's going with the job, no matter how, how bad it is because of the difficulty of the disease that someone you love is battling, no matter how bad it is because you feel worn out like you can't go another day and there's no one who cares, when you get down on your knees, he comes to you. When you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. And he touches you with his spirit. And he gives you strength. I'm telling you over and over and over, it's happened in my life when I felt weak and I would pray, I wouldn't feel the same when I got up. Same circumstances, nothing's changed yet. But something in me is strengthened and hope rises up. And faith comes as I seek him and he starts to show me who he is and how he loves I love his word and I believe in the reading of his word that we should read it daily. But I believe we should pray and connect with God personally daily too because your story, your person is the one he wants to connect with. He doesn't want to just do a horizon thing. He wants to do something for you. He loves you. And he wants to give you all that he has and those that seek him, find him. I love what Heather said. She wrote this. Speaking of this time of prayer that we've had, she said, I think I was praying half-heartedly, assuming that it was a prayer God was answering with a no. After my husband and I read the chapter, put on waiters, that was a guy when they had a drought in a farm area for a long time, they had a prayer meeting and he wore his waiters to the, to, to the prayer meeting uh, by faith and it rained by the time he was leaving. It occurred to us that we needed to change the way we were praying. And as we continued to read, we felt more encouraged and began to feel as if certain things in the book were written just for us. For my husband and I, the biggest thing to happen has been the change in how we pray. The way we pray alone now, together with each other and with our children as a family. We're praying with enthusiasm and courage. We're acting as if he's going to answer our prayers about our family and the transition from job to school about our finances. Instead of deciding myself how God is going to answer our prayers, I'm going to honor him with my prayers. I love that, Heather. Good job. The Lord's building something in you that's awesome. And that's a hope and an expectation that's in him. I believe that most of our hope and expectation is in ourselves or others. And you can get away with that for a season. But you can't get away with it in the long haul because you can't do it. You can't fix everything. You can't give yourself peace to some degree. You can pull your bootstraps up. And even others, they can say kind words. They can get down in a hole of depression where you are and, and they can be kind to you. But they're not the Prince of Peace. They're not the King of Kings. They're not the Lord of Lords. And when we come to Him, He touches our spirits. And when we start to feel that, we start to believe and and trust him more and more, and our lives are changed. Here's some guilt that one mom had that was erased because of prayer. She said, my daughter turned six in January. And all these years, the devil's reminded me of what I did outside of marriage. 
But through prayer and the women of influence, that was a conference that took place here that was dynamic. Those ladies came in on Sunday morning after Saturday night just full of the spirit and put wind in our sails, man. I could feel the whole service elevated because those ladies sweeping in here after being with the Lord. And this woman says, in this time of prayer and through this women of influence, I've been set free from that guilt. We win. In the end, amen. That's what she said. Don't let him beat you up. The devil's just a liar. He, he wants to make you think of all the bad things you've, you've done. When he reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future, all right? And, and you start to thank God that you're forgiven. And if it's unresolved, that's a different thing. But this is something that she's forgiven the day she got saved for that. And God wants to meet that precious child and love this family. And, and we want to embrace everybody who comes here with the love of Jesus, right? And so God, God wants her to be set free from condemnation and the enemy wants to just hammer her. But because of prayer, because of the word of God, she was set free. And I thank God for that. Psalm 106, give thanks to the Lord for his good and his faithful love endures forever. I'll close with this story here this morning. Um, a woman in the church sent this to me and forgive me if I'm inserting myself too much here today, but this is a testimony of sorts to how the Lord has been reaching to me. She said, Dear Pastor Stan, I pray for someone when I'm asked to do it, but I'm not the kind of person that feels prompted to pray for people. However, since I started the 40-day prayer challenge, I've been waking up in the middle of the night or very early in the morning praying for you. Mostly for healing. I'm glad you're doing better, but since you're not completely healed, I'll continue to pray for you. I'm very thankful for your introducing me to this book because I'm building a new habit of getting on my knees to praise God and give him my prayers. It feels so good to depend on God for deliverance. So for those of you who may not know, I, I had cancer that was removed um, on January 2nd. It was basal cell carcinoma, about an inch and a quarter long, half inch wide, just above my lip. They did what's called a flap surgery where they cut me from the top of my nose, across my lip and down. So they peeled this skin up shifted the whole face and tied it back down again and a portion of my lip died during this whole process of healing so there's been a hole there that's kind of been working its way out and I, you know I'm 53 and getting uglier every day but I don't, I don't want to rush this whole thing you know can, can we just gracefully age you know that's what I that's what I prefer and and there's 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 uh thank God that that it was basal cell because that's not as dangerous as the other cancers and there's no, you know, no, no danger of me passing away because of this or anything. Um, but it's been difficult. And, and um, I told the doctor, I said, you know, there have been several people who wanted to rearrange my face, but you're the only one who actually ever really has done it. <laughs> and and um, now he's, he's shooting, um, this, this, this part of it is numb and it's the third service where I can start to lisp or my mouth will, my lip will just bounce, you know, then boop, boop, just gets away from me when I get a little tired. Now, now, you know, now we're doing three, we did two before, uh, but I don't, you know, I'm just going to preach and I'll lisp or whatever. I told you that before. Um, but the, my lip is still numb and uh, he, he's putting steroids in it, injecting steroids. And I told him, hey, well, you know, there's a at least I can get a good lip lock on Karen now, right? With the <laughs> steroids being injected, right? There's, it's not all bad. You might as well laugh or you'll cry. 
But here, here's back to the story about this, this young lady who sent me this note. Um, as I was going through this, and, and really it's been really heavy on my heart, what's happening with my daughter's eyes. She has had surgeries um, on both eyes recently, and interestingly enough, we both have an, a numb upper right lip right now. That's weird, but... Um, but she's been through it, and it, and it hurts me to see her go through it. And um, you wouldn't think Pastor Stan would become anxious, but I'm real, too. And I was waking up in the middle of the night, 1.30, 3.15, things for her, they're happening for me, things in the church, other things we're dealing with on my mind, and I wasn't sleeping well. And when she sent me this, I wondered if God was waking her up to pray at the same time. But I was awake and anxious. So when he prompts us to pray, it's a big deal. And to see the way this church is, uh, you know, we haven't had a, a ton of this kind of stuff. It's all, it's all pretty new to us, the heaviness of this all. But the way this church has rallied in the prayer at the end, I, I didn't ask for it. There were some people who prayed once a week for a whole week for our family, just something they did. And they said at the end of the service, can we gather around you guys and pray? And here's another thing you don't know. I've had vertigo in this season. And so I'll just get dizzy. So if I fall over, I'm not slain in the spirit. I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I will get back up. Just give me a moment, okay? But all this is happening, and honestly, we feel under attack, but we also feel under his wings. We feel like he's got us. We feel like he loves us. We feel like victory's just ahead, and we're trusting the Lord. But we need you, right? We need each other. You need us. You need me. We can pray. We can love each other. We can bless one another. And this time of, this season of prayer has, I believe, taken us to another level, to love one another, to pray for one another, to believe for one another. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be, in, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So our prayers are not just for ourselves, but for others. And pray for me too. <clears throat> this is, I, I want to ask you to pray the way Paul asked him to pray. Pray for me too and ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's my hope. As Mark said, we're not going to end it now, this whole prayer thing. It's been elevated. We've gone to another level. Let's keep it up. Let's be people of prayer. Let's seek God in our homes for our families and for others.